Yeah. Um, if you feel a little heaviness in this room, um, I think most of you know that a person that was very involved in our church for a couple of years, Steve Martin, died on Friday. It was a young, vibrant man, 31 years old, from an accident. It was indeed just a shocking and heartbreaking tragedy. And I was thinking, because I've definitely been preoccupied since Friday, well, actually since he was in a coma, um, in thinking a lot about, about Steve and reflecting and, um, and grieving. And one of the things that came up and why I just at the last minute decided to begin this way is we are in the series Love, Pay It Forward. And what this is about is sharing what God's given us, the love that God Almighty has loved us with and given us, and how we can share that with other people. That's what this series is about. And it struck me during worship, as it has before, but it just hit me so hard. Steve Martin got saved here in this church because Adam spoke about the grace and the love of God to him. And so I really want, if anything, that we're in one way that we could have this loss do something to move us forward, it would be that this is life and death. The sharing of our faith and what God's done for us, the stakes are, no, are as high as they get. Each one of us in our lives make a difference in a profound way, and we have a choice. I, I'm thinking about it, and it spurs me on to think about who is around me that I have not shared about God and his grace with. Who around me that, you know, it could be that life and death of a situation. Because I find a lot of peace in the fact that, I, that we're all going to see Steve one day when the Lord returns and be face to face. That pretty much is the only comfort that we have about death, really, is the hope of Jesus Christ coming back and that he will be risen from the dead and that we'll live forever. So I want so much. I want personally to have that kind of fire in my heart that I get that it matters that much. And I want very much for you guys to feel that way as well to get that this is a big deal. How much we share about God's love and what he's done for us makes a huge difference. If we shut up and don't do anything, it impacts people incredibly. What would have happened if Adam didn't talk to Steve? You know, when we met him, he actually was pretty adamant that there was no God, you know, believing adamantly that there was no God. So I find a lot of peace in that, but I also want it to inspire me. I think about that when I've lost people, if anything, because it says Satan is the author of death. That's one way we can get revenge on Satan. If anybody's mad about this and upset that the devil took his life, that's another thing that inspires me is saying, ah, you, you're going to pay for this, Satan. You're going to pay for this because I'm going to go after some people and take them permanently away from your kingdom. Let's go to 1 Peter 4. 
for one, we don't share our faith because it's going to help God love us more. Because God loves you and I as much as he could possibly love us. There is no conditions. His love is unconditional. So our, the sharing of our faith is not to get God to love us anymore. He couldn't love you anymore. He couldn't love me anymore. But God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He actually gave us the responsibility of bringing people back to him through his son, Jesus Christ. And I believe with all my heart, and it's in the scripture, that you see, and I've seen it with my own eyes, that a big part of why God gave us the ministry of reconciliation is because God wanted us to see his love even more. I don't believe that you can see God's love as much as when you share it with somebody else. I've seen it myself. Like, I never see the love of, that God has for me personally as big until I share it with other people. Because what happens? What happens is when I'm sharing God's love and I'm seeing healing and I'm seeing God work and I'm seeing their hearts light on fire and their lives change and heal and they even look different. I'm telling you, people that start walking with God physically look different. We talk about getting a Jesus makeover. People, I've seen it. People look that, you know, might look a little dead. All of a sudden, look gorgeous, <laughs> full of life, vibrant, you know, glowing. Um, I've never, you know, that's how much of an impact is that I've never even seen anybody that you couldn't tell physically when they're walking with God that the radiance is in the, it just brings out the best. When you see that, it helps you to get God's love for you and his grace for you. And that's why in what we're going to look at t- tonight the title is called Be a Grace Dispenser. That's what we're called to do. do you, what the heck is a grace dispenser? Um, let's take a look at 1 Peter 4, where it talks about this, and we'll talk a little bit about what God could possibly be speaking about. Sorry, I'm... Um, uh, 1 Peter 4. And in verse 8, it says, wow, whenever you see this, what does it start with? Verse 8, above all. That's, you, you would want to stop and pay attention to that, wouldn't you? Above all, the words above all, it kind of goes, oh, what's coming here? Above all, in verse 8, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, it's really interesting. We talk about love a lot. What do you, why do you think the word deeply might even be added? Because love is powerful, right? Love is big and powerful. You know, I was thinking about that. Whenever I read the Bible, I like to think about why certain you know, words are used or how God says things. And, um, because I really believe that there is a purpose in even the specific words that are used. What do you think about when it says love, some, love one another deeply or deep love? What comes to your mind? Sincerity, Sincerity? okay. Because have you ever seen that love you, love ya, <laughs> love ya, and it doesn't mean anything, you know? <laughs> kiss, kiss. <laughs> Little air kisses side by side. So 
God's saying the big deal is to love one another deeply. I would say there's all kinds of things that go with that. I think it means invest your heart. It means care. Um, <laughs> those are just a few things. And then it says it covers a multitude of sins. And what could that be talking about, that love, that loving deeply covers a multitude of sins? You know, it's really interesting because I think lately I've been seeing and kind of really shocked by the whole idea of, of you can love deeply and have boundaries. You can love and care, but that doesn't mean, you know, you don't, you don't cut people off unless they're going to kill you or something. You know, or unless you are in some sort of destructive, you know, relationship that's been sexual or something and you can't, you can't get out of it or some kind of thing like that. But otherwise, the Bible calls us not to cut people off. You can't read that, you know, oh, you made a mistake or blew it or something. I'm done with you. You know, it means you can love and care about people, but that might not be the person that you deeply trust your secrets to or that you go to for counsel, or maybe you don't loan them money. Those are boundary things, but we shouldn't disengage from caring about people. You can care and do boundaries. They're totally different things. Disconnecting and walking away from relationships is not what God's called us to do. Yeah, I can't, you can't read that to me in the scripture. It says, as much as lies within us to live peaceably among all people. Um, because the thing is, is loving deeply covers a multitude of sins, I think, both ways. For one, heals a lot of stuff. Uh, but it also covers over difficulties. If we're constantly letting people's flaws get in the way of caring, you know. Um, so there's many things in that. I think that's pretty powerful. And then let's keep reading. Uh, in verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> um, that means be welcoming and don't complain about it. And, uh, verse 10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now I want to kind of break that, down, that verse down. Each person should take the gift that you've received to serve others. I'm telling you, if you want to feel your life's purpose, God's gifted every single person here with unique attributes. Natural abilities, some people are analytical, some people are artists, some people, there's just all kinds of things. And as well as different strengths, gifts, abilities, things that you've developed, interest, personalities, life experiences, some of the crap you've gone through make you one of a kind. There is no one like you. And so God says that each person, in what God made you individually, you're one of a kind, nobody can replace you, and you're calling. But God gave you those gifts. The, the primary purpose is to serve. It's paradoxical. But as you give, God multiplies it back. You cannot outgive God. It is not where you give and you're depleted. That is not the law of God. It doesn't work that way. We are called to serve and make a difference. And the more we give, the more fruit and blessings and rich things that we see in our lives. That's, that's, that's where you're going to feel the most purposeful. If you feel empty right now, 
maybe take a look at how much you're being there for other people in a way, you know, of reaching out. If your life is feeling shallow, if it's feeling so superficial, if you're finding yourself getting swept away in, you know, a bunch of superficial things, maybe this is something to look at. It says, each one of us should use whatever gift he's received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. And that word administering is dispensing God's grace. We're to dispense it. Now, there's a great book. It's one of my favorite books um, called What's So Amazing About Grace. It'll make, I cried through the whole thing. So if uh, you want a good book like that, I, re I really recommend it. But he, the, the author talks about the fact that we are called to be grace dispensers. That's what this verse talks about. But he, he likens it to, if you think about we're supposed to be dispensing it, he, he talks about, you know those perfume atomizers? where They're kind of a little old school. You know, where you, squi you, you squish the bulb and, psst, you know, sprays out the perfume. You and I are called to dispense grace, to be little grace atomizers, you know, and spread the grace. But what's interesting is every one of us are going to do this differently. Every one of us is going to share and experience, and the way that we give it out is going to be unique to us. There are people right now in your life that God put there. Think about the people that you're surrounded by, that, that, what, that you are called to be there to share grace, to be a disgrace dispenser for them. If not you, who? You know, the, like, it, you and your unique personality and who you are, etc. There are people that you're gonna, whose hearts you're going to be able to reach through your experience and through how God's worked in you that are going to hear your voice in ways that maybe they wouldn't from anybody else. There's people right now that need God's grace. You know, I think it's important, this whole thing of God will cover, somebody else will come along, that's ridiculous, that won't happen. You know, that's like acting like we don't have, you know, then if that might happen, we might as well not ever do anything. If that's the truth, if it doesn't make any difference at all, we might as well just sit down and do nothing. Well, God will cover, God will cover, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't, life does not work that way. We all have choices, and the choices that we make affect other people. They always affect other people. There's not, if we do nothing, Patty's actually going to teach on this next week a lot, but if we do nothing, it has an impact. It affects people and not in a good way if we just choose to be neutral or do nothing. Our silence, you know, costs. It really does. You know, I, I would hate to think about the fact that I like that my husband was bold enough to speak and that he's pretty bold about his faith. You never know. You know, you can't make anybody believe, but it's up to us to give them the option. We can't change people's minds or anything else, but if we're not get, even giving them the option, as Alberto did a great teaching last week, you should check it out on podcast if you missed it. It was very inspiring. You know, we're not honoring people's choices if we don't at least give them the option. You know, we are called to be grace dispensers. You, you and me, we're little grace atomizers. It's um, 
kind of cool. And then uh, in What's Amazing About Grace, it talks about a lot of times you think in church that people are going around trying to be exterminators of sin instead of dispensers of grace. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. It's awesome. I believe that. The, you know, we don't want, our, our, our task is not to clean up the world. Get everybody to stop sinning. You know, we're not running around trying to find sin and stamp it out, you know. We're, you know, it's just like, ah, a sin, and you get out the, the little, uh, the, you know, you, the, what is the spray thing that you use for to killing bugs, the, for pesticides, you know, the exterminators of sin. There's a sin, you know, you try and blast it out or something like that, trying to eradicate sin from people's lives because we're so horrified. Oh, my goodness, that's disgusting. You need to change. That's not, our, that's not anything, God doesn't say anything like that in the whole Bible. Our job is to be dispensers of grace, not, not exterminators of sin. Let's go to, um, well, yeah, the, now, I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes people get really freaked out about, in fact, I just saw it on a Facebook post. Somebody was talking about the fact that you can't teach grace too much or people will just go out and sin. It's just sort of a cover for, I was like, wow. You know, <laughs> you know the thing is, with grace, you get to sin all you want. You do. God gives every single one of us that choice, and he does not withdraw love in any way, shape, or form. He still loves us no matter what our choices are. They could be terrible, stupid destructive choices and God still loves us and does not withdraw that. So the goal is, our goal is not cleaning up people's lives. God's goal isn't not cleaning up people's lives. God sent his only begotten son to pay for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let's go to actually Romans 6. <clears throat> so what keeps people from just running crazy and just doing whatever? Because you get to, you get to do that. And it's important that we keep reminding people, too. You get to do whatever. God's still going to love you. <clears throat> In Romans 6.1, <coughs> Romans is sort of the grace chapter, or grace book. In Romans 6 and verse 1, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so grace may increase? <laughs> you know, because if you, you know, you need more grace when there's more sin. So that'd be great. We should sin more, and then there'd be more grace. And then in verse 2, it says, by no means, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? <clears throat> so what it's talking about, and, and it says it in verse 15 as well. <clears throat> in verse 15 in the same chapter, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you're slaves to the one who whom you obey, whether they are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that, through, that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly abo- obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You've been set free from sin and have become the slaves to righteousness. <clears throat> so what that's saying, the way we need to look at why we would even change in the Bible, because this is how God looks at it. Everything that God says is a sin. Is it, it, everything, you can't name one thing, he says is a sin is because it hurts us. He'll still love us if we do it, 
The whole point of the instruction was because he loves us and doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. That's all. You know, if, you know, the, it talks about not committing adultery. You know, I was an adulterer in my, when I was married to my first husband. It's just sort of like, that hurt me. God wasn't, you know, I, I didn't change that so God <clears throat> would like me. God liked me right then. But it took me a while to get it that God actually is smarter about what's going to make me happy and make my life better than I, than I knew, you know. God is wiser. And so the goal of why we would change anything in our life is just because we get that God's love and we go, maybe if my life isn't working, maybe I should try. Honestly, that's, what I be, that's how I began changing As I said, my life is not working. I am miserable. I'm heartbroken all the time. I feel awful. I was, you know, crying all the time because I kept getting my heart broken. And I just said, I don't know, God. It seems ridiculous, but I'll try it your way because my way is just not working. I did not even think it was going to work, quite frankly. I didn't go in thinking it would work. I went in saying, I might as well try something different because what I'm doing is not working right now. And then I walked it out, and I was shocked at how much happier my life was when I tried abstinence. Shocked. I was just blew my mind, changed my whole dating life a lot. Like, you know, amazed me. But that's, that's the only, that's why God even has this stuff in here and why we should change. And so when we're dispensing grace, the message should always be that people, people have choice. Actually, let's go to the next one, which is Colossians 4, because we'll see something. It says in, um, Romans 2, but we're going to go to Colossians, Philippians, Colossians. In Romans 2, 4, it says that God's kindness leads us to repentance. What that means is God is so kind and given us grace and everything else unconditionally that it makes us want to change our heart and want to change our lives. So it's not, you know, his condemn. he doesn't, it's not his condemnation or all that. Colossians 4 and verse 2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Now, I want to talk about this too because if you want to share about God's grace, guess where you want to start? Prayer. Do you have that desire? How about, what do you say, anybody here willing to pray every day for the next week for God to open a door? Got any people up for that? Every day this week to just pray for God to open a door for you to share the message of his grace. Cool. Because it starts with prayer. If you, are, if you have the desire and care God can help with this. It's not all on your shoulders. Pray for God to open the doors. He will open the doors. I promise you that. Actually, it's kind of funny because, and then when, you, when the door opens, you need to walk through it because years ago, this is, you know, I have all these moments in life where God shows me something that I feel like he just sw- slaps me over the head and I, they, they just get seared in my brain forever. And one such lesson was, um, I was in my 20s a long time ago. Um, yeah, I was probably 21 or some long time. 
And uh, I was coming back from some conference all fired up. You know how you do like our retreat. It was, you know, like one of our retreats or something like that where you're like, wow, God is great. I'm so pumped. I want to, this is great. So I was like that. And I, like I was driving, and it was a long drive home. And I was thinking, I want to share this. I want to, God, give me something. I'm praying and I'm praying. God, open the doors. I want to share about you. I want to share about you. And it's a long drive and I'm super pumped and wide awake. And then I think, I want some blueberry pie. So, I don't know, just got this crazy blueberry pie craving. And I thought, well, I can't have blueberry pie. This was one or two in the morning, mind you. I'm like, there's no blueberry. And then I went, oh, there's a Denny's that I know about. I could stop there 24 hours. I'll go get some blueberry pie. So I pull off uh, the highway and stop and get some blueberry pie. And I'm doing takeout, and I'm ordering at the takeout counter. And I have a name tag on that has like the conference thing. And this guy at the counter says, what's the name tag for? And I'm like, ugh, that's disgusting. You're just some guy that wants to hit on me. Ew. You know, I was just like totally grossed out by the whole thing. And I was like being really mean and standoffish and what have you. And I was just like, ugh, it's a Bible thing. And uh, just kind of blowing him off and everything. And then he was just saying that something, I forgot what it was, but he said that he was like at a really low part and he was praying for God to open, you know, for, for he was praying f- to see God. And so I kind of, it was so funny because I still was so not believing this. I'm like, sure, buddy. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, wink, wink. <laughs> Something's totally mean and standoffish. And I said, well, you know, I have this married couple that I know that are nearby and they run a fellowship. Here's their name and number. Bye. And I left. And then afterwards, I drove, as I'm driving home, I was like, oh, I prayed for an open door. (laughs) I was really mean to that guy. (laughs) What if it was legit? I started thinking, what if he was, like, really hungry and it wasn't just like he was, like, trying to hit on me or something? He called my friends. It's a married couple, you know, that he didn't know. He went to their fellowship. He got saved, and he walked with the Lord in a powerful way. You know, he just, like, took a stand for God, and I... I saw him like a couple years later, and, he's, and they told me, you know, they said, yeah, this guy called that you met in Denny's, and, you know, we talked to him, and he was really, you know, hungry, and he came to our fellowship, and the guy just went like fireball, forgot, and I was just going, wow, I'm telling you, when you pray for the open doors, look for them, <laughs> walk through, you know, don't, don't be doing what I did, and just be blowing people off and being all skeptical, and, you know, walk through the door. Thankfully, at least gave him a phone number, so, um, of somebody else, but, uh, <laughs> he was hungry, man, I'll tell you, call somebody you didn't even know. Um, so anyway, let's continue reading in verse, so pray, and it also says, look at this, that you can, he says, uh, pray that I might proclaim it clearly as I should, so you can pray for how you share it. I pray whenever, I, when I, well, not whenever, but my goal and what I shoot for, it goes great when I pray, like, while I'm sharing faith with somebody, and I'm praying, God, what do I say? God, what do I say? You know, when I don't do that, it doesn't go quite as well. But, um, you know, I just go, God, you love this person. You know them. You know what they need to hear. Now, it says uh, in verse 5, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. We should look at life this way. 
that if we're talking to people that we don't know or just getting to know, we should have the hunger and desire to care to want to make the most of that. Like I say, opportunities pass. There are people all around us. Who knows who you've got in your life right now that's to the right or to the left or so, you know, anywhere around you in your life that could be desperate to know God and you have no idea. That has, that has tons of needs. But it takes wanting it. It takes having a desire. Do you want to share the good news of Christ? Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to be a grace dispenser? It's something that you got to desire because God can help you with this. It's not something, too, that you automatically are just a genius at. So you need God's help, for one, and also you can learn and get better at this as far as sharing faith goes. You ever wonder what to say to people when you're talking? That question ever come up? How do I know what to say? The answer is right here in this verse. It's kind of funny. It says, make the most of every opportunity. <laughs> in verse 6 it says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So if you want to know how to answer everyone, <laughs> doesn't this sound like a weird verse? You want to know how to answer, let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic if you think about it. But if, and then we have also some let your conversation be what? Oh, come on. You could do better than that. Let your conversation be what? Always. Always. Thank you. And what's the next word? Full. Full of grace. Those are two strong words. Our conversation that we, that it's always, that's a lot of the time, and full is another kind of intense word, of what? Grace. grace. That's, we want to be just talking grace. We want to just be overflowing out of our mouths, grace. And, but what's really cool is if, and season with salt. Season with salt, salt in the Bible represents a few things, but Typically, when it means to be seasoned with salt, it means that your words are truthful. So the combination is grace and truth. What we want to be sharing, if you want to figure out how to share, think about sharing the combination of grace, which is God loves you no matter what you do, along with truth. And the truth could be maybe things that people need for healing. It, you know, it might be, I think you, your adultery is hurting you. That could be the truth part. God loves you no matter what you choose, but I think that this is a destructive part of your life. See how that kind of works? If your conversation is full of grace and truth, you'll know what to say. That those are the guideposts. You will know. You will have the, between prayer, grace, and truth, you'll be saying good stuff out there. You'll be sharing what needs to get shared with people. Um, grace and truth combo. So, in this, so we've got a couple of things here in reviewing this. This stuff matters. God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. God loved us first. You do not ever need to share your faith for God to love you. You can just, just, just go, God loves me, I'm good. Don't, you know, don't want to do, don't want to do that. And God loves you. But if you really, really want to see God's love in a way that you've never had before, 
put it into turbo power with the sharing faith and you'll see his love in other ways. Because you'll see, it, it just comes back at you. You cannot outgive God. It's a paradox, but it's one of God's laws that he set up. I, if you haven't really gone out there with it, I know every time in my life when I am sharing faith, I see God's love for me so much more. I see his grace for me so much more. So that's a huge one, and that's why I believe that God gave us the ministry of reconciliation, because it blesses us. He didn't give it to us as some big burden that's supposed to weigh us down and feel like, oh, drudgery, you know. Um, I think it, it makes our lives alive. You see the power of God. You, see, it, you grow in faith like so much more when you see people moving along in their walk with him. Um, there's a lot on the line. God gave you gifts, individual gifts of who you are. Nobody could take your place. If God has a calling for you and a purpose for you and people for you to reach that you are uniquely designed to reach and to speak to. If you don't, it's not like somebody's just going to automatically come along. It does impact things. The choices that we make. We all have free will, but our choices actually impact things for ourselves and for others both. They make a difference. I think that we really see our lives' purpose and calling and gifts when we're using them, as God says, to be grace dispensers. You know, that that's what we're called to do, to, to faithfully serve others and, as grace dispensers. I think God, it doesn't take away from life. I mean, we're still going to do stuff. We're still going to work. We're still going to go play. We're still going to, I mean, it's just life, life is still, we get to do all that stuff, but I don't know about you, but I have way more fun when I'm, you know, when I'm out there and sharing the grace of God that, and having my conversation be, you know, full of grace season with salt. I have way, way more fun doing all those other things, whether, you know, it's going to the beach or what, what have you. But we can make a difference. So I think it's exciting this week. I love that so many of you guys want to try this. I think... God will kind of rock you a little bit in a good way. It's, it'll kind of light your little fire up in your heart. You know, of praying every day for God to just open doors and be looking for them. Then, then what you want to be doing is looking around like, where's the open door? Where's the open door? Is there, you know, and to take advantage of every opportunity that God gives us to be, to be wise in that, to be eager for that as well. Um, so anyway, let me close with prayer. Heavenly Father, I... I feel your love, I certainly do, and I want other people to feel you and know you, and life is so much better with you and with your son, my Lord Jesus. Um, You are the healer of broken hearts, Jesus. You really are, that there's nothing like life with you. Life is amazing with you. And I pray that you help us to stir a fire in our hearts and a passion in our hearts to pass on what you've given us. And that it helps us to see your love for us even more. And that we are, our lives are awake and, and exciting and full of life and meaningful and purposeful, Lord. I pray that there might be a spirit of evangelism that just stirs up in all of our hearts to see how we can make a difference. Um, and that you'll be there, that you'll give us the words to speak and you will show us the open doors. Because you're working in people's hearts right now that we don't even see. So, God, I just I pray for people to see amazing things this week, to be super, like, blown away by the fact that you will speak. I, I just pray people hear you speak like they never have before. 
that they feel your presence and that you, Lord Jesus, are standing right there next to them. So that then when they're speaking, when they're with their friends, that, that you, Jesus, are standing right there and that they know you, that you're present with them and that you will give them the words. Because we are ambassadors of you, Lord Jesus. We are yours. We represent you. So help us. Help us to spread the message of your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.